0: Well, hello, hello, and welcome everybody. It's time for another Tech 37. My name is Rob Boyd, and we have got an action-packed show for you. In fact, I'm actually quite excited. Uh, these guests, um, we've got a cross-section of experts in collaboration, uh, digital workforce transformation, uh, dealing with the, the hybrid, and, and and these are the same people that are out working with different sized customers, fighting through all the issues and the vendors and the the personnel and everything that that we're faced with these days, trying to make things work, trying to be more efficient, trying to be faster than our competitors. This is all about how do we make the most of uh, the environment that we have. Uh, And there's been a lot of announcements recently uh, with various, uh, very big collaboration-oriented companies, communication companies that you may be using. You may be using one or all of them, uh, and we may look to find some advice here for you today through what we can extract from these experts So let's get to it, let's have fun with this one. Thank you so much for watching Tech 37, your home for technology, education, and collaboration. Let's meet our experts, shall we? You know, I, I fell into that same pattern again where I referred you guys as experts. And I think I had told you in one of our previous conversations that I'm like, I don't like being referred to as an expert. But you guys are smarter than me, so you may not have that same issue. Uh, let's get some introductions out of the way. I'm going to start at the top here with Mr. Michael Sebastian, who I will call Sebastian from this point forward since we've got an abundance of M's, but certainly an abundance of Michaels. <laughs> uh, but Sebastian, can you tell us who you are? What do you do for Worldwide?
1: Yeah, so Michael Sebastian, I am. Uh, Lead consultant for digital workspace advisory on the DWA team uh, under the, the bigger team of uh, ESNA.
0: Perfect. And I'm just now bringing up your solo shot because I forgot to do that. So I'll do that real quick, even though you already finished speaking, so everybody could see uh, just how wonderful you are. Um, speaking of wonderful, Morgan LaVille, what do you do for worldwide technology? Could we uh, get a feel for you now?
2: Sure thing. Hi, Rob. Morgan LaVille, I'm an associate business development manager for Cloud Contact Center in the global engineering team at the worldwide technology.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And then Michael Prater, we've worked together before, (laughs) and yet we somehow didn't none of our memos to our bosses got through and said, we can't handle each other anymore. But do you mind introducing yourself to anybody who has not been blessed with your expertise before?
3: (laughs) Thanks, Rob. Michael Prater, I'm a consulting solutions architect uh, worldwide, uh, covering central the central US um, for Commercial Central.
0: Perfect. That'll work. Well, if it wasn't obvious uh, to our audience, one of the big reasons that I was excited to have you guys here is you guys do each represent kind of a a different segment of the the landscape. You both have you all have years of experience um, fighting through some of the issues because things have changed. I feel like the world is a bit different. In fact, let's start with that. Morgan, I wonder in any way possible, because I'll I'll go ahead and put this caveat out there. We're going to get some opinions here today. And I want everybody to understand that these are opinions. Um, they may not be your reality, but nonetheless, I think they're informative because uh, you guys have already opened my eyes to, to multiple things that I think should be considered. But Morgan, do you mind kind of set the, set the ground for us here? What, what, how would you describe today's environment?
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: So <laughs> yeah, in three words, <laughs>
2: everyone. Yeah, right. everyone has heard and is sick of hearing the same phrases over and over again, but just like the new normal that we heard. (laughs) Now we're hearing that essentially overnight, uh, 18 months ago, we work from home. We made that switch almost immediately. People scramble from taking their devices home, connectivity issues, so on and so forth. And it was very reactive. I can't tell you how many calls I got from frantic customers asking for power transformers for their phones, for their contact center agents, um, and the back orders that they had the experience. This is about the hardware-based
0: phones that they depend on that normally okay. it's all in a physical space that everybody drives into, and that's your day at work and your shift. But now they're going to be working yeah. at home, and they were trying to simply yeah. take exactly the same hardware there. Okay,
2: because that's all they knew. They yeah. had what yeah. they were. Well, sure. What do you do in
0: a pinch? Yeah.
2: And then working with their kids or dogs in the background, and only expecting it to be for what two months at max, yeah. at least once, in this bl- once this
0: blows over, yeah.
2: Flash forward eighteen months, and we're in 2021, and now we can take a more concise and proactive approach to the question about how do we plan to work long term. That's the key. But in that eighteen-month time frame, we implemented solutions that, like, started most likely started out as a free trial just to be uh, agile and keep businesses afloat that enable work from home or hybrid uh, work, regardless of the business unit. Um, But the question is, how do you enable or continue to enable work from home if you want to? hybrid or whatever flavor leaderships or employees want. Um, I specifically focus on the contact center side. So it's very niche compared to the collaboration that Michael Squared can cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, for my industry, we have to address the agents and end customers needs. And there are things that are niche about the contact center that are blending into the cloud space.
0: Good point. Good
2: point. Yep. Well, let me ask conversation- you.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I think, yeah, no, no. And I still want you to jump back in, just like I interrupted you. You need to interrupt me. Uh, it's very helpful uh, to get a word in edgewise. Um, but you brought up a number of good points there. Sebastian, I I was thinking uh, one of our previous conversations, you were remarking your customer base has struggled with new questions because I think we've all come to the conclusion now that it's not about returning to something that we thought used to be the case. We've all learned something, and I mean, individually and corporately. Um And it's almost like some of our dreams as people who've worked in the technology space forever, we've always, I think I can collectively say this, we've always tried to convince our customers of the importance that no matter what business you're in, you're in the technology business. And I think that has been made abundantly clear. And people who said they would never do remote work suddenly found themselves having to figure it out regardless. And some came through and said, Hey, I think this could work for us. Some others may have decided it's not. What are you seeing in your customer base as kind of the big themes that are important to understand with this change.
1: Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, to Morgan's point, uh, pandemic hit and people said, okay, well in a year, right. We'll be back to normal. Uh, there is no normal anymore, but when, when it hit everybody was caught off guard. So what do we do? How do we make our employees successful whilst making sure they're still productive at home? Everybody typically in an organization that we're working with, right. Has either used zoom teams, you know, WebEx, whatever the case is. And so their uh, idea of what is good for them is a sprawl. So you have some people comfortable with Zoom, some comfortable with Teams, some comfortable with WebEx uh, or or Cisco, if you will. And what happened is you see executives saying, okay, well, we got to blanket everybody with everything. So they have the ability to go do whatever they got to do. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not going to be a long-term spend. Right. They're going to be home. So here we are. Did they really say
0: that from the top down or did it happen from the bottom up and they were just like, yeah, guys, do whatever you got to do because we just need to hang on. And now they're dealing with Uh, the aftermath.
3: Or is it? It was a bit of both. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I mean, it was really a bit of both.
1: Yeah. And, you know, earlier I said, right, people are certain people in the organization are more comfortable using certain things. Right. Executives use things that, you know, your knowledge worker may not. So all of a sudden, you know, you get caught. Everybody gets a license for everything. And then when you find out and you start running metrics, here we are a year and a half later, and we're starting to run uh, metrics and understand what's happening. And we find out that all these licenses out of a company of, you know, 7,000 people like I'm working with right now, uh, less than 18% of those licenses are even being used and almost everybody's using their cell phone. So now all of a sudden you have all this license cost and the questions we're getting asked are, okay, how do we streamline this? How, How can we reduce this cost? What should we be actually using? And so you know, I worked with Michael, uh, you know Prater and Morgan to an extent too on our team from a contact center piece. And now we're going in, and it's no longer a scramble to figure how are we going to make them efficient. Now it's a scramble to how are we going to save money in 2022 and beyond because we have all this excess spend that nobody's using. People are using cell phones and their own devices. So what should be what should be our next plan? How can we reduce this spend while still making sure our employees are efficient and productive?
0: So Prater, you, you're seeing that rotation? Like, it's, a, it's a
3: yeah. I was gonna say it's an explosion of con, consumption of, of, of uh, the consumption of like uh, consumption of electronics. I was gonna say, but you know how they consume their licensing and just overall consumption ep- economics is really what I was trying to say. I got tongue tied yeah. there. Well, but it's think, a you yeah. know now it's become a glutton, right? It's a glutton of license. We've got a gluttony of licenses yeah. because they just went out and bought because they needed to just buy everything. Let's put it in there. Let's get it working. Cause we got it, you know, we got to stay in business and now it's okay. How do we un, untangle that web of products that we, we've got out there that we're either not using or that we, you know, only a portion are using or we everybody using something different. So, well, this is a normal yeah.
0: cycle, right? Because it, we cut through yep. the red tape when we needed to get stuff done quickly. Cause it, everything was moving yeah. too fast. It was wartime conditions during the pandemic. When you really think about it, go ahead, Sebastian.
1: Well, uh, so it, it's funny that that Prater said that, right? Because I've had several customers be like, well, we let this technology out of the bag and there's there's out of the bottle. There's no way we're putting it back. So now how, how can you help us?
0: Back.
1: Yeah, yeah. How can you help us adjust to this model? Because this is what everybody seems to be most comfortable with. But previous to the pandemic, they were going in a completely opposite direction. So now you have a group of employees that are very comfortable with the genie that was let out of the bottle compared to a group of executives that have planned, budgeted, for a certain direction that they want to go, especially from an IT director side. And now they have to figure out, okay, well, how do we merge these, save our money, and still make everybody productive? And that's right now the biggest gap that we're seeing is how do we close that gap for what we can't put back in the bottle and what we already have existing? Um, And so now it becomes a sunset model. And how do we get there over the next three years? Because it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in the next 12 months.
0: Okay, so it's an obvious rotation to cost effectiveness that makes sense. Uh, you know, you know, some kind of maturity cycle. Um, I want to double back on something Morgan brought up in terms of those power transformers having to go home, because I think there's been a growth, at least from my weird bubble perspective, you know, tech, working in the technology companies all the time. But it's, uh, but you know, soft phones and the notion of getting away from hardware. Is there a um, a big reckoning now that we're going through with regards to too much hardware at branch offices or hardware you don't need because it's in the wrong location and it isn't made for the individual spokes, you know, versus the conglomeration of a branch? What, what are we seeing? How are customers uh, kind of coming to reckon with that?
3: I think it's a, I mean, it's a mixture. You're seeing customers say, okay, are we going to keep our brick and mortar? That's the biggest thing. How many brick and mortar offices are we going to keep versus, you know, what equipment do we have there first, first and foremost, is that branch even necessary anymore? And, and, you know, Morgan can probably answer a dig deeper into this from a, from a customer experience perspective but you know the customers are, are now more adapt to doing video and and doing things like what well, we're doing here we're, we're all in separate locations we're doing a video call and, and so they're okay handling their their business from home or from their wherever they are without the ex- excess need to drive or go somewhere that doesn't yeah. take away that need um so then you have your people who work at home you know that you know are set in their ways. It's like you said, Michael. Once you give them something, you, you can't take it back. When well, you give them a hard phone, it's hard for somebody to give up that notion of picking up and lifting that handset and talking into it to go into strictly soft software related uh, technologies. But they're doing it. So you know, people are yeah. FaceTiming. They're using their their consumer applications again, and, and they're saying, "Oh, look, I want to be able to do this exact same thing on the other side." When or I can, when you're going
0: to jump in there, I think. Uh, right,
2: pivoting, right. pivoting a little bit on that notion. You also have the Great Resignation looming over employers' head. Uh, we were, it was a short-term plan, but turned into a long-term um, work-from-home order, or yeah. just adapting and waiting for the deadline to pass, the vaccines to be implemented or uh, to be dis- dispersed, and you know what, what, what can allow corporations to go back to the office. But now you have employees who are, who are controlling that conversation as well.
0: Yeah. Um, that is, boy, that's a huge one and I almost want to, I want to back us off cause I could get, I could go on and on about the, <laughs> the great resignation and some other terminology I've heard around it. Cause I, cause it, it, as I was traveling over this past weekend and I was just one, it's sad to go through certain towns and see so many stores that look like they've probably closed during this time frame. And I, I just hurt, I just feel for so many dreams and and things are crushed. On the other hand, there's also people that have very much benefited from all these changes, you know, and that's kind of the way cycles sometimes run and uh, it can still be painful. We have to be prepared for change, I think, because who's to say that something like the pandemic, I mean, it reset for me personally, the notion of what could happen, you know, I was like, can't shut down the NBA. That's the NBA, you know, you can't, uh, (laughs) stop football, you know? And I'm like, Oh girl, you can stop anything. This is scary. Yeah. And you know, and everything changed. So so it resets what's possible. Uh, so we have to think about, okay, well, what does this mean based on this new definition of reality? Uh, does it mean for how you prepare for that? Speaking of vendors, I think everyone has their favorites and we're not going to, not going to call out things as favorites, but there's pros and cons. It feels like there's, there's been a, a sifting of platforms, um, I think we all recognize that Zoom um, had caught lightning in a bottle and they became the verb uh, during this whole time frame. you know, and everywhere you go, that name is mentioned even by people who probably weren't even using it. They were just using it like a Xerox, you know, to make a copy or, or something yeah. to that effect. Um, so good on them. Um, I think that uh, they've, they've done well with that. But now I feel like they're at the stage of how do I, how do I manage that going forward? Is it, can I maintain it? Is it going to remain valuable? What are y'all's thoughts on what they're doing and kind of what they've announced recently uh, in terms of direction? And and how does that compare against what Microsoft, what WebEx, Cisco WebEx is doing and and any others that are worth mentioning there? Anyone want to take? I I think
3: I I can jump in there. I mean, I I actually attended I I, I attended Zoomtopia and and I attended WebEx one. You know, I I also attended a couple of Microsoft announcements that were out there. And and, and I think we talked about this in our pre-show stuff was. You know, there was a lot of great information. There was a lot of new uh, uh, add-ons and advancements. You know, Zoom, for example, did end in encryption for their phone side. You know, they added some uh, augmented reality. Uh, so it was, to me, it was a little, you know, Nintendo-ish, you know, looking. Yeah. But, you know, more like Wii, like you're, you're playing on the Wii as opposed to actually uh, attending a meeting. But, um, so, uh, you know, but again, that's the whole gamification. That worked for Squid enterprise. Games. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right?
3: <laughs> So, um, you know, there, there were a lot of really good product announcements. I, I still, and we talked about this too, is I, I just felt like licensing, just nobody wants to talk that about it. That feels like the biggest consumers. issue. Yeah. Yeah. They're still trying to figure out how that all works. Um, you know, the bring bring your own carrier, all of that was great within the Zoom side. You know, Cisco had a lot of great announcements. I mean, they added, a, you know, to me, it was just a lot of additional things and, and they focused very briefly on analytics, which, you know, again, that was another thing that Mm. I felt was a huge push that should have been out there was, you know, looking at analytics, because now we're all working from home. How are you, you know, that you have your like uh, micromanagers, the guys who want to see you working, you know, how can they get those reports? How can they get that? And and I I just kind of felt like it it missed a lot of the announcements missed the mark there. There was a lot of great innovation, new products, new things for customers to look at for, you know, helping their customers hybrid wise but how do you manage a monitor? how do you you figure out if you even need that yeah
0: yeah (laughs) well sebastian i want to seal off on one thing here because i think this is one in our pre-show that you had you had brought up but i want to seal off on the licensing thing for a moment and then go on just to build off of there because the analytics stuff is interesting as well but on the licensing side do i understand correctly you are helping customers in your team or reassess kind of where their money is being spent across either it's multiple licenses, but it's also about, um, is it also about efficiency of the existing uh, hardware-based communications infrastructure yeah. and such as well? What's, what's happening there?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, we talked yesterday, you got your Zoom licenses, your Cisco licenses, uh, you know, Teams, right? Oh, 365 licenses. So you have this whole group. Uh, and from a license perspective, what our group specifically is seeing is, uh, like i mentioned at the very beginning all right we've blanketed our whole company with all of these licenses how can you help us determine which is which is best right how can we streamline this so you know what we do from an uh and prater mentioned a minute ago but analytics we actually just take customers data right and we review their data and we point that data right back at them and say this is the way that your business is saying that you need mm-hmm. to go so it, it's it's easy to argue with me or, or Prater and Morgan for that matter and say, well, you're just biased on your opinion. You can't argue with your own data. But, so yeah. when we right when we point your own data back at you, it says, okay, this is the direction that you're going, and this is the direction the business that says you're going. Yeah. And what we're seeing is there's resistance from a C level because that was not the vision that they had or yeah. the direction they thought they were going. And then you have like the IT directors that are are split, right? One group likes this solution, another group likes this solution. So when we point that data back at them, essentially it's a come to Jesus meeting for them yeah. to say, okay, I guess this is really what we're doing. So now, how how do we roadmap for the next eighteen to thirty six months, and figure out how do we sunset what we have, existing license that we know we're moving away from, how do we continue to grow where we know we're headed to, and then what is that true north star at the end of thirty six months? So that data then points us to a milestone roadmap that says, okay. Uh, Mr. Customer, here's what this looks like. And no, you're not going to save money in the next six months based on what you purchased 18 months ago. But starting month seven, you can start trimming back licenses and groups. And here's why. But if why. you didn't
0: start, you'd be wasting, you know, 100%. Ad, ad infinitum. Yeah. Well, Morgan, you, think you were nodding there. I know you're pro database decision making. Do you, are you seeing um, are you seeing a blending? Because I think when it comes to this, now I'm going to blend the analytics part and the, you know, w- what are you doing for me now? I feel like the people who mastered data collection when it comes to communications, uh, I've always been fascinated by the contact, the contact center space uh, because uh, they knew how to take every second of every time spent. And they've gone now all the way to sentiment analysis that they're doing now uh, that I've seen creeping over. What are we seeing in terms of blending of not having contact center as a niche capability, but something that maybe is making its way, is it becoming more mainstream or am I jumping to conclusions?
2: Well, some of the features and the benefits from contact center licensing is bleeding into collaboration. Agents have always been a little bit different. Your work has always been very heavily monitored um, by the minute, you know, how you handle customer engagements and um, just, you know, Wrap, wrap up calls type of activity what you're currently doing if you're in a rest state or if you're in an active call state um with webex calling and cloud calling today you're getting some of those same analytics for your normal work, workforce but i know we've talked about this briefly my husband who is in sales has adjunct um so solutions for monitoring cold calls and i'm like that's something that's outbound campaigning that that's that sounds like a contact center uh, need or sure. uh, feature, sure. but if if normal business units can see the value that Contact Center solutions can bring, not necessarily paying for the full licensing, but some of that capability and the new calling features, that would be a lot, bring a lot of value to organizations.
1: Yeah. Well, she just touched on something too, right? When you yeah. talk about the, the the cloud piece of Contact Center, right, and where they touch in collaboration, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday too. Right, those you start to see those slowly start to merge. Right from that contact center piece in cloud and the collaboration piece, uh, as you start slowly start to see them merge, you're also start to seeing uh, the simplification of licensing, uh, and and that's ultimately where I think people want to go. Right, how do we make this license simple? Well, it's got to uh, hold back adoption
0: too, doesn't it? I mean, yes. I get scared yes. when there's too many T's and C's. Yeah. Because I just figure I that I'm wasting it. money. Yeah.
3: And people are gonna hold, and then you're gonna have the pushback where I don't want to be monitored like an agent. You know, I don't want to know. I don't want them yeah. to know I'm how many times by it, but a I day don't I'm it on want phone. Yeah. You know, I don't. You know, I think it's great for everybody else, but I don't want it for me because you know I I don't live my life minute to minute, and you know I'm not. I don't want to be gauged on how many calls I make a day and don't make, and you know all of that. So there is a big. I mean, it's a big pushback from the enterprise user community. Um, for that analytics and that data. But I mean, you, the businesses need that to Sebastian's point and even Morgan's that in order to make uh, accurate business load decisions, you know, when do we need to ramp up or scale up or scale down? I mean, analytics is the key. So, you know, and the data doesn't lie. And so um, finding a, a happy balance. So you keep your, you know, again, with great resignation, keep your employees happy not feel like they're being you know, micromanaged, but also have the amount of analytics and data to know how your business is performing. It, it, it's a very... It's it, a management it, skill. Teeter. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> but that, that's yeah. the freedom that the pandemic opened up, right? Talking about that customer oh, yeah. I said with 7,000 customers, only 18% are using the devices, right? The, the pandem- pandemic opened up that freedom for them to be able to use cell phones and, and nobody can touch it right? You can now kind of communicate what's best and the easiest way for you. And you're not necessarily being watched monitored. right to Prater Morgan's point by somebody else. So that has also become a big hot topic. Like Prater said, How do we keep our employee happy while making them productive while not feeling like we're sitting over the top of them. Um, And so this is where this, this whole license and data piece comes together, because it's like, we can we can help them be more efficient, more productive. They're therefore happier when they're working at home, right? That productivity and efficiency adds to the customer or the uh, employer bottom line. But now you have happy customers uh, outside, you have happy internal employees, which again, leads to more productivity, but then the business in, in turn gets what they're looking for. And that's actually access to the analytics that they didn't have when the pandemic first started. Morgan.
2: Just from a high level, um, There are people who don't want to be micromanager being monitored like that, but you all, there's a huge conversation of people saying, I don't need to be at a desk on site for five days a week to be productive, but you also have to make that case from a business perspective. You have to have data to show your management. Yep.
0: Well, and to the, to the point of the great resignation, I feel like as much as this opens up new opportunities from, you know, we've, we've seen over the last two decades as, as, as the individual you know, through social media or whatever may have increased power or power to destroy themselves too. But this notion is easy to change jobs. It's, you know, uh, potentially if the jobs that you're looking at are all potentially remote, you could conceivably looking at working for different people at different times, even at the same time, and your chair never changes, you know, it's just you have the technology out. And I think the good things about cloud, as you mentioned, Sebastian, is it keeps everyone on their toes uh, Cisco Contact Center, they're constantly doing a blending because they've got a history of playing on the on-prem con- traditional contact center space. But you can see the writing on the wall with regards to the, the cloud enables a level of, uh, of uh, nimbleness uh, in most situations um, that becomes important. But Cisco is also not giving up on their hardware play, as, as evidenced by their announcements. And then to your yep. <laughs> surprise, you bring this up, Sebastian. But they announced I think it was called Webex Go in this last. Uh, they just had their show here a week a week ago, Webex Go. And I don't I haven't get into the details of it, but essentially it's being able to do your enterprise uh, phone calling from your same mobile phone, but natively, not with a, a an app overlaid. So that's obviously something Apple's enabled to a certain extent too. Um, yeah. who I yeah. think is and, a sleeping uh, was, giant coming in this space soon.
3: <laughs> well, but, when, and it's funny you say Apple enabled that because if you look at the devices that Cisco released, we talked about that. It was kind of the Apple, they were Appleized, I guess is how you could say oh, it. Those, you know, uh, now you can those, the, pick the, your the own. minis. Yeah, you, You're talking
0: about the minis, yeah. that different colors. The you can minis. Get with the desk yeah, mini. Yeah, the yeah.
3: mini and the desktop. Yeah, now you can get them in all, like, six different colors. You know, pick your color, you know, whatever you, matches the decor of your room. Or, you know, and then you can carry it with you yeah. and stuff. So it's, you know you see that again that's the consumerization, you know creeping its way into the whole enterprise market and and, you know the that that webex app the the big thing about the webex app that cisco lacked was on the app side for the the mobile you know where teams you know had it has a really ingrained app which is crazy because it's microsoft and apple but their app worked really well on you know apple Mm -hmm. and androids and you know cisco's app you know, didn't didn't play well with the the native dialers. And so now that, that that's come and, and it's come around. So again, like I said, good announcements. Um, but to me, really the the key would have been, hey, we have all these great products and now you can drive some analytics to it. And and you, I think you did a session, Rob, for WebEx1 where you, you talked about analytics and analytics and control hub and, and in the cloud oh, and you kinda touched on yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, you know I follow you. Well, oh, you noticed? So. Yeah,
0: I love so, Control yeah, Hub because yeah. to me, it's it, Control Hub within Cisco Webex. That to me, it always gets pushed to the back burner because it's not as exciting. But it's actually the core for, to me anyway, of what you're doing an enterprise versus a consumer focused kind of product, because it's about dealing with things at scale, gathering your analytics into one place and giving you a sense of control when you've got thousands or, or hundreds of thousands of employees, uh, you know, all over the place. Um, Sebastian, I want to ask you about Microsoft doing this because I, I find it interesting. I think Cisco, one thing it appears to me, but I think, again, I'm very biased that Cisco's done a good job of, of using the hardware To reach, I always picture executives that print their emails as being kind of a target market for technology. In that, you know, if you can make the video calling and all these kind of things that we've seen evolve over time, if you can make that those meetings as easy as either pushing a button or even not even having to push a button because it knows you're in the room and that you joined and it's your meeting or something. Cisco is constantly kind of pushing to do that. Microsoft has been doing this for a while though, um, in various ways. I don't know what are what are your thoughts on how, how what's the importance of hardware to being successful and meeting customer needs in this space?
1: That's a pretty loaded question, right? But yeah, that's to, your, <laughs> to, your, to your initial point, right? People and executives, especially, it, it's the green button effect, right? I can hit the green button and that's I cool. know it's simple. I, that's right, I hit join and it's good. Um, but now working from home with less presence, less meeting rooms, right? What is the easiest way to collaborate? Right. And from a Microsoft perspective, right, we see a ton of teams being pushed out there. Yeah. Right. Part of it is, hey, we already have a license for teams. So, so easy for them. To do gonna, that. Yeah. Right. they are already got a We're going to pay extra. Correct. Right. And and now we can oh, break yeah. this into segments. How many people actually need to make outward calling and need DIDs compared to people that are just doing internal That's calling? A point. Right. Another cost savings there. But the one of the biggest things we're seeing is right within teams and the channels and the document repository and being able to create teams. Specifically for projects you're working on, and already having the licensing, already be able to, already uh, having the ability to call, make outward dials if need be. It's it's become like this all-in-one encompassing solution. So, you look at the green button effect compared to the work-at-home effect and two totally different environments. Um, and as people start to come back to work, right, the green button effect is probably not going to go anywhere yeah. as long as there's real estate and as long as there's buildings, people right? But that too. that Teams effect right? Is that genie in a bottle that people can't put back because they've already been ingrained with it now at home. So it's a blended environment that I think you're going to continue to see, but therein lies where we're starting to see how do we consolidate those licenses? How do, how do we make this efficient across the board for everybody? And then how do we recoup some of this money? Um, and, and you mentioned it earlier, so did Morgan, right? Real estate, you have a whole bunch of empty buildings sitting with people working at home. And most employees now saying, hey, we only want to come back to the office two to three days a week. So how do we now take a lot of that CapEx and turn it into an OpEx? And that goes back to Morgan's point of the cloud, right? The cloud intersecting with collaboration, cloud intersecting with contact center. So we're going to help recoup some of that cost and maybe be able to relieve ourselves of some of that real estate burden, as well as the hardware burden that Prater talked about in the very beginning. You had a desk phone. It's probably still sitting in an office somewhere. You've learned how to use A soft client now you're probably not going to go back to that desk phone if you're not going back to the office so you know there's a whole changing of environmental workspace in general that we're seeing this huge shift in that is now being pushed to not just the corporate level but all the way down to the employee level to say how do you work best how do you work most efficient because once we understand how you work most efficient and you're being most productive and keep you happy that gives us a blueprint to then help shrink not only the real estate, but understand how we can lay out our offices. Well, you gave me and, just as loaded of an answer as I did in the question.
0: Was <laughs> um, well, that Michael? Uh,
3: interoperability. I was going to say interoperability too. So you look at hardware and you're asking about hardware, your hardware vendors, whether they be Cisco, they'd be neat, they're poly, you know, all the hardware video vendors that are out there that make from large scale devices down to small scale devices. Including with the Cisco devices, there needs to be interoperability. So, you know, yeah. Cisco and Zoom yep. have been working together for, to make sure that they've had that one button to push and that interoperability working. Microsoft has, you know, their CBI and that their interoperability channels open. So, hardware is evolving to, to become, again, commoditized. It's like who has the yep. best, you know, interoperability capabilities. And it features from a camera and camera tracking perspective and, and working yeah. with other pieces. So, I mean, hardware is, again, becoming, not, I don't want to say ir- irrelevant, but it, in a way, it's an irrelevant conversation to have because just pick your hardware, because we're going to make sure you have the right technology on the underneath side. Well,
0: to be but observed. I think it, just a one counter argument to that is that I think. And because I think I have seen Cisco doing this, and for one, I always want to poke at Apple because the new, fantastic new Apple laptops recently announced, and, and they're bragging about going to 1080p on the camera. And I'm like, we still yeah. missed the boat on that one. Um, we, you took a notch and everything, and you still couldn't give us a better camera. Uh, now, the cameras on your WebEx hardware devices, but it's not just about the camera. And I think we forget that it's also um, WebEx, because we've seen Meraki do this, we've seen others. But it—they're uh, using the camera as a as a data gathering uh, point. It's a sensor, you know. And so, yes, it's a visual sensor. But there's so much you can do with that. And then, coupled with the hardware, they announced. Uh, uh, you know, they're not the only ones. I think everybody has holograms. You know, and this notion, which always just rings to me. Time will tell. Never say never. But I just can't imagine. I'm not going to strap something on my head to attend a meeting. I think some of that stuff is fascinating. I've wasted money on on um, uh, various headsets, Oculus, that's the one, uh, and different things, and then it just sits gathering dust because I haven't recharged it in forever. Is, is the hologram stuff important from an actual how customers are making decisions these days, or is it a is it a race to prove that you're a leader from an innovation perspective? What's what's the point it's of some race. of these? Because everybody's doing it. It's
3: a race to become the first to Minority Report, I guess. The movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I holograms are useful. I mean, oil and gas has a use for it. I mean, you see that in oil and gas and oil and gas production. Um, cause you're analyzing again, data really, differently
0: from a different format.
3: Yeah, right? Exactly. And, uh, um, an I know Morgan, she's yeah. biting, she's, she's chomping the bit. She's this too, but, <laughs> but I mean, uh, it, I, yeah, I mean, is there, is there a need for it? Yes. It's, but it's very niche. Very, very, very niche. I'm like you, I don't see the average executive strapping on big glasses, you know, the yeah. gloves and everything to sit down and, and go through, you know, you know, financial reports so he can like spread them out and yeah, I just don't.
0: Do you have some that, opinions on that, Morgan?
2: <laughs> I was just going to say it depends on the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Parents, and that's probably the... not
2: going to use it as much as healthcare and people sure. who use CAD, CAD files.
3: Very much healthcare too. Yep. Very, very
0: good point. And I think, uh, boy, and that is actually, so here's the thing, um, how frustrated, I'm assuming everybody feels this way because because everybody feels the way I do. Um, I, I, I've i always been frustrated by these, the slow adoption of my local doctor. Uh, to technology. And it's still not much better. But one thing the pandemic kind of forced was this notion of virtual visits, which I wish we get a little bit better at this, but it feels like I love that as a default because I don't always need to go in. um, And I'd rather not, and I'd rather spend that time so that they're more efficient and I'm more efficient and this kind of thing. And at the same time though, when I think about rural healthcare and, you know, access to professionals that have certain uh, qualifications, this continues these kind of things i'm getting back into the kind of the base video conversation but the increased uh, ability to share data in different ways i think that is going to become a big difference maker in certain industries to morgan's point um that become a, a very cultural a good touchstone for hey this is the how we're going to do things how we're going to spread resources more efficiently um and we've seen the head lenses with uh, companies like um uh, upworks uh, others that yeah. are doing you know manufacturing it's like i have the manual floating in front of me with instructional videos and access to an expert who can look over my shoulder virtually uh, as I'm working on this big engine, you know, in aerospace or something.
3: Again, and, those, and that's, that's getting niche hardware to, to meet a niche need. Yeah, that's a good point. And like yeah. you were saying, like, yeah, you, you were talking about like the Webex cameras and the analytics that come with them and drive with them. You know, a lot of you, your other, there's other vendors out there that are trying to drive those analytics as well and pull that information in, you know, w- within that, within the native environments of whatever you're, you know, they, they've partnered with, you know, um, like Polywood teams and even with Cisco and with, you know, some yeah. of the others. Um, so. You know, again, it being a sensor, though, yes, it, it, it's not irrelevant to the point that it's it's useful. It's uh, when I was saying it's irrelevancy in the conversation can be, OK, let's pick, you know, let's pick the technology underneath and then the hardware pieces will overlay on top of that. So if we pick the right, right. technology and the right tools. You know, the there, there's a ton of players out there who partner and interact with that. So, you know, those sensors yeah. are are definitely needed. You know, you want that data, you need that endpoint data, um, but I don't think it's relevant so much relevant on the front end of the conversations that we typically see.
0: Well, let me tell you, I'm going to attempt to summarize. Our takeaways from this conversation but Ed, we're out of time but i still want you guys to either say how far this is off without diving into another part of the conversation because the idea is we have to end <laughs> but um i i feel like one of the big takeaways that i'm hearing threaded throughout all of this is some combination of licensing but it leads to in a broader sense uh as a as a rec- as a big recommendation is now is the time to really look at what are your analytics capabilities uh, what is your data whoever you're using you need to be gathering that data to make better decisions about if you're using them appropriately, the word that popped into mind as all of you were speaking here just now was utilization. Um, and I think each vendor is going to be a little bit different in how much data they expose to you in terms of, are you using those hardware devices? Are you using some more than others? Are certain locations or certain positions, you know, there's so many different ways you could dissect this, but I feel like you're all saying that the companies that are going to accelerate and do well moving forward, your customers are the ones that are saying, this is our time in whatever pause or change we're in now, as we go into whatever's next, because who knows, uh, you know, to look at your data and make some cost justified decisions about what to continue doing, what to discontinue doing, what to change. Is that fair as far as one big recommendation coming out of this?
1: Something, something simple as licensing kicks open the door for a whole roadmap, right. And a future roadmap for where they are, where they want to go. But it all starts right with a very simple licensing conversation uh, that then gives a cost benefit and lays everything out. So I'd say it's a great summary.
0: Perfect, Morgan. Did you think I did yes. a good summary as well? <laughs> now I'm just fishing for I'm compliments. Thinking,
2: okay. But I could also go into utilization and how it's impacting the business and customers. Yeah, contacts that I report. But I won't go into that.
0: No, you're right. Well, there are a lot of things we could go into. Prater, I'm not even going to ask your opinion. I'm going to assume that it's positive. (laughs) You're
3: going to say it's
0: positive, right? And uh, this is not a simple thing for anyone to simplify. I think the big takeaway, and I'm looking at our audience right now at this point as I'm playing our out music, um, is that that this is why WWT exists, which is to have professionals like these uh, who are available to help you think through these things more intelligently. You know, in a show like this, we have to be a bit broad. It's hard to be specific. The next step for anybody that this has sparked some type of interest in or saying, yes, that is something we're not doing right or I don't know if we are or not. These are questions that you can ask openly with as much detail and provide your own data and respond to questions that the experts can be digging in with you. That's what these guys all do day in and day out with their customers as well as all the people you represent behind you. But um, to the M's, Michael, Michael, and Morgan, Thank you so much. Appreciate your time on Tech 37. With that, to the audience, enjoy the rest of your day. You can return back to whatever fires you currently have burning. My name is Rob Boyd. Thank you for watching Tech 37. We'll see you next time.